Amen. Good morning. Welcome to Impact Christian Church. We're glad you're here to worship with us this morning, whether online or in the house. Won't you have a seat, please? So today's service looks a little different than it usually does. Bill has a day off, so uh, our message is going to be brought to us by uh, three different elders, three different devotionals they're going to do, as well as we had have a narrator, and it's all based on uh, John 17, a prayer of Jesus. So let's bow for prayer right now, and then we're going to get into our uh, message for the morning. Heavenly Father, uh, we, are, we are so appreciative, Father, to have this place to worship you this morning, to have the ability to, uh, to be at home to worship you this morning. And Father, we're so thankful for Jesus, the Lord and Savior of all mankind. Father, he lives, and we're so grateful for that, that he promises us that life and that life abundantly if we just follow him. Father, this morning, may your presence be in this place. May your presence be through our speakers this morning. And may you receive glory and honor in all ways. In Jesus' name. Amen. After saying all these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so he can give glory back to you. For you have given him authority over everyone. He gives eternal life to each one you have given him. And this is the way to have eternal life to know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. I brought glory here to you on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. John 17, 1-5 Good morning, Impact family, and welcome to Recharge Sunday. If you're like me, you were looking forward to 2022, a year full of hope and potential. And while the hope and potential are still there, the simple flipping of the calendar does not make the challenges and trials of this life go away. So that's why I'm bringing you this message from Quarantine. So what's the key to having a full and abundant life through those trials and challenges? Step one is knowing God. I know that seems like the simple Sunday school answer, but knowing God is the foundation to build your life on. I know in our congregation, we have people who have been walking with God for decades, and we may have people who have no idea what walking with God is all about. But no matter where you are in that relationship, whether it's step one or step a million and one, the answer is still the same. Take the next step. While it's true that God is always present and available, if you read through Scripture, both Old Testament and New, you'll see there's a theme about having that relationship with God. He wants us to seek Him out. In Jeremiah 29.13 and Deuteronomy 4.29, it says that we will find him when we seek him with all of our hearts. In James 4.8, it tells us that if we come near to him, he will come near to us. God wants relationship with us. He made us, and he knows how we are. If he would have given us a simple four-step plan to knowing him, we'd probably read it in about 30 seconds, figure we have it down, and never look at it again. So what did he do to let that door to relationship be open? He sent his son to this earth to die for our sins. Louis read it in the opening passage. The key to eternal life is knowing Jesus Christ. Jesus spelled it out clearly in John 14, 6, where he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. Accepting Jesus Christ solves your sin problem and starts the relationship but what about deepening that relationship 
every day. How do you do that? As with any relationship, you have to be intentional about it. If I ignored my wife for days or weeks at a time, our relationship would fade very, very fast. The same is true with your relationship with God. You need to be connecting with him every day to help keep that relationship strong. I'm not saying you have to pray for an hour or read three chapters of the Bible or sing two songs every day, but if that works for you, then go for it. What I am saying is that daily connection will allow you to be more in tune with his wants and his desires for your life. Romans 12.2 tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Your mind will not be renewed unless you give it something to renew it. If you're not in the habit of connecting daily, start simple. Check out the verse of the day on the YouVersion app. Say a quick prayer of thanksgiving and start building from there. Also, controlling your environment and the things you allow in your brain will help eliminate the obstacles you have in connecting with God. Philippians 4.8 tells us to think about whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, excellent, or praiseworthy. I know in today's society and media culture, things like this are hard to come by, but they are out there. We just need to seek them out. Another key way to deepen that relationship is to be in community with other believers. Whether it's here on a Sunday morning, in a growth group, or just hanging out with some close friends, being around other people who are trying to do life with God always provides support and encouragement and deepens your walk with God. So before I close this segment in prayer, let me just encourage you with this. God loves you and he cares for you. He loved you so much that he sent his son to earth to die for your sins so that you would have the opportunity for eternal life and that you could have that relationship with him. Take the time. Invest in that relationship. If you need to take a next step in your relationship with God or have questions about how to do that, we are here to help you. If you're in-house, you can go to the Engage Impact booth at the back of the room and someone there will be happy to talk with you. If you're online, just reach out to the host and they'll be happy to answer any questions that you may have. As I said, take the time, invest in the relationship, and your life will never be the same. Let's pray. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for everybody in this room. The fact that they came to this building or joined us online today shows that they have a desire to know you. Just be with all of us. Just allow us to take the next step to deepen that relationship with you. Show us what that step is. Guide us. Direct us. Draw us closer to you. Give us the wisdom and the knowledge to go forth and change this world for you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I have revealed you to the ones you gave me from this world. They were always yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything I have is a gift from you, for I have passed it on to them, the message you gave me. They accepted it and know that I came from you, and they believe you sent me. My prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me, because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you, and you have given them to me, so they bring me glory. Now I am departing from the world. They are staying in this world, but I am coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. 
During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so that not one was lost except the one headed for destruction, as the scriptures foretold. Now I am coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world, so they would be filled with my joy. I have given them your word, and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them, so they can be made holy by your truth. John 17, 6-19 Well, good morning, Impact family. Unfortunately, I'm following in Mr. Kenny's footsteps and also coming to you from a house of last-minute weekend quarantine. Well, please don't think that this squashes any of my enthusiasm, excitement, or ambition for a God-filled 2022. I'm so encouraged by the second prayer of Jesus in John chapter 17, verses 6 through 19. It has everything to do with our sanctification as believers in Christ. Now, I know that sometimes we use big and fancy words in church, but don't let the word sanctification scare you. It is a simple and familiar topic to all of us. Most of you are familiar with the word holy, as it applies not only to God, but also to us as well. It means to be set apart, to be being different, to not being like everybody else. And as Jesus says in the passage, although we are to be in the world, we're not to be of or, or like the world. That state of being like God and not of the world is a state of holiness. Well, our word sanctification comes from the same Greek word as holiness. And sanctification is the process of us to become holy. In other words, sanctification is our purification process. Now, our sanctification has two parts. The first is what Jesus does for us. From the moment we become believers until the day God calls us home, Jesus is working alongside of us to sanctify us or make us holy, make us like him. And when I look at the prayer in John, I see three ways in which Jesus helps us to become holy. First, he reveals God to us. Bill spoke at Christmas time about how we are all born and live under darkness. The world is full of evil. It is dark. But Jesus he personally reveals God to us directly, bringing us the light of who God is and how much he loves us. And it reminds me of one of my favorite stories in the Bible. It's actually earlier in John chapter 9, when Jesus heals the blind man. His disciples ask him if it was his fault or his parents' fault that the man was born blind. And Jesus tells them, neither this man nor his parents sinned. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming. When no one can work. While I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. And when the Pharisees found out, they interrogated this man mercilessly. And after getting no satisfactory answers from him, in exasperation, they're like screaming at him, how can this be? How did Jesus do this? And, and the formerly blind man said, look, I don't know. All I know is that I was blind, but now I see. And he proceeded to explain that now he was a follower of Jesus. You know, the miracle wasn't that the physical, man, the physical eyes of the man were opened. It was that he was a dead man walking in darkness. But Jesus opened his spiritual eyes by revealing God to him. And he does that to all of us too. So make the year 2022 a year of great revelation of who God is through Jesus. And second, Jesus gives us the word of truth. In the first chapter of John, he writes of Jesus that in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. 
Jesus doesn't just speak the truth to us. He is truth itself. You know, the world is full of lies and deceit. Don't listen to the world. Don't give in to its lies. Remember, we are to be in the world, but not of the world. We are God's sheep, and Jesus is our shepherd. We all need to spend 2022 tuning out the lies of the world and focus only on the voice of our loving and caring shepherd, Jesus Christ. Remember, Satan is the ruler of this world and the father of lies. And that fact brings us to the third thing that Jesus does for our sanctification. He protects us. A few chapters earlier in John chapter 10, Jesus says this. He says, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. And in 1 Corinthians, Paul reminds us that you will never be tempted beyond what you can bear. And also in 2 Thessalonians, we're told that the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. So know this today, Impact, that in 2022, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus, is right there beside you, protecting you every step of your journey. However, sanctification, uh, the sanctification of our lives is, is just as much our responsibility as it is the Lord's. And this is the second part of sanctification. Each of us plays a vital and necessary role in our progression towards holiness. You know, if Jesus reveals God to us, gives us the truth, and then protects us on our journey, well, that journey is exactly the path chosen for us to walk. That journey is both our job to do and our process of sanctification. You know, Jesus' prayer here in John chapter 17 also tells us of the three things that we need to do in response to him. Now, the first and second thing, and yeah, I'm combining two of them to save some time. But the first and second thing that we are to do is we are to keep his word and to be made holy by the truth. Remember, what, remember, what is sanctification? It's the process of being set apart and becoming like Jesus. And the only way to do that is to listen to the word and then do what it says. Easy and simple, right? Well, it is simple, but it's not easy. Believe me, I know how hard it is. I'm right there with you fighting the good fight, trying to finish the race strong. You know, I was baptized at eight years old. I gave my life to Jesus and have been trying to become like him for almost 40 years. And year after year, month after month, day after day, and moment by moment. And sometimes it seems impossible. But I just take one day at a time, one moment at a time, and you can do the same. You know, it helps if you think about the disciples and Jesus and his followers back 2,000 years ago. Can you imagine what it must have been like to, to live side by side with the perfect son of God for three years? Every day seeing him always make the right decision, always say the right and loving words, always thinking pure thoughts. Are there times when the disciples failed? Heck yeah, all the time. And we get to read about it in the gospels. But you know what? They went on to change the world for Jesus, despite their mistakes and their failures. For each step back they took, they strived to take two or three forward, knowing that at the end of their days, Jesus would welcome them back home as good and faithful servants. That's what I want. And I know that's what you want too. And in doing so, that brings us to the third and final action to bring glory to God. It is utterly amazing to me that the God of the universe chose to use us, the church, to bring others into a saving knowledge of Christ. Through our ups and our downs, we bring glory to God when we bring the lost to him. And that, my brothers and sisters, is what sanctification is all about. Walking like Jesus in a Satan-filled world. Being that spark of light in a dark place. Bringing glory to God with each thought, word, an act of love expressed to those living 
in a dying world. Would you please uh, bow your head and pray with me? Father God, please help each and every one of us to know you and to know your son and to know your truth. Protect us in your power, guide us with your wisdom, and help us to live a life full of your mercy. Give us the strength to be like Jesus in all that we do, and give us your grace when we miss the mark. But know that even then, our hearts and our lives are yours now and forever. Sanctify us daily as we walk the individual paths you've set before us. May our lives burn bright as a beacon of hope to the lost, a light that will never go out in this dark world. As Revelation says, come quickly, Lord Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. Now at this time in the service, I want to pause and focus ourselves on communion. You know, it's not a coincidence that we focus on the cross here at this time at the end of John chapter 17. And I cheated. I left the most important part of our sanctification journey out of the devotion and saved it for communion. And that is the cross. Although everything I said was true, it all means nothing without the cross. The cross of Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection is what ultimately sanctifies us and makes us holy. You know, we can't get there without the cross. And Jesus says so himself at the end of our passage in John chapter 17, verse 19. I'm sure you've already caught this, but the passage for our three devotions today were from Jesus' prayer at the end of Last Supper, just as he was leaving for the Garden of Gethsemane to be arrested, tried, and murdered for our sins. Jesus prays these words to the Father, quote, and I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. You know, Jesus paid the price for our sins on that cross. His broken body and shed blood became the perfect sin offering to God. And the day will come when each one of us will stand before the Lord Almighty to give atonement for the wrong we've committed against him. And Jesus will stand in our place and say to the Father, I already paid the ransom price. This child has been set apart and is free. This child has been sanctified by my blood. So as you take the juice and the bread in prayer, please consider the cost Jesus paid so that you might become truly holy in his sight. So let's go ahead and pray for communion. Father God, we thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus that freed us forever. We've been washed clean and will wear the robes and crowns of righteousness forever in your presence, not because of anything we've done to deserve it, but only because of the tremendous love you have for each one of us. And, and although it is so very, very little compared to Jesus' sacrifice, we also give you our lives in full service to your kingdom until the day you call us home. Thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us, so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. I am in them, and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am, 
then they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. O righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know you sent me, and I have revealed you to them, and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them, and I will be in them. John 17, 20-26. Good morning, Impact. I'm the last man standing, somebody that actually got up here and can speak in front of you today. Um, it's... Uh, <laughs> It's fitting, right? Like, uh, this seems like the last couple of years we get a bunch of wrinkles, but we will persevere, and God is still on the throne, and we can hear some good things from the Word of God today, right? So, who here thinks we need to hear a message on unity? Anybody think we could use that? Yeah? Man, the world's a crazy place, right? Jesus is praying this prayer <clears throat> 2,000 years ago, <clears throat> excuse me, 2,000 years ago over the disciples. But he's not stopping right there. He says, for all of those who come to know me through the teaching of these disciples. So he's talking about the church, all of us. And one thing that stands out to me is his vision, what he's asking God for, is that the church, not just impact, but the church in general, can be one. One mind, just the same as Jesus is one with God. That's not a small ask, right? I mean, this, this scripture really makes me a little uncomfortable. Should probably make all of us feel a little uncomfortable as we analyze it, because how are we doing at this? Are we aligned in purpose the same way that, that Jesus was aligned in purpose with God? I mean, think about it. It's, you think about the people you get along with in the church, and that's a little bit easier, but what about the ones that annoy you? You know, What about the people that post things on Facebook or social media that just make you really angry? How are we getting along with those people that have disappointed us and hurt us? Even worse, what about those people that disagree with us politically? How are we showing unity in that? Now this verse ratchets up a little bit because it not only talks about him wanting and this desire for unity with us or for, for the church to have unity with each other, but he talks about the importance of it. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me. Do you catch it? What's at stake here? This is how we identify as followers of Christ. The world will recognize us as the church because we are in harmony and we are in unity, because we're different than the world, that our relationships within this, or that our priorities are so aligned with God that we will stand out. And I have to ask that question, how are we doing at this? sobering, right? And we think about how do we, how do, we do it, right? This is a big ask. And, and how do we do this? And I, there's no way that I'm going to stand up here and talk for seven minutes and come up with a solution for this. But I'll say we start the place where Jesus is starting, right? We need God. He, we pray for this. We pray for God to start showing us the way that we can go forward one of the practical things, though, that we can do in conjunction with prayer is to really question our priorities. You see, Jesus was aligned with God because whatever God's focus or priority was, that was his priority. That was his job. That was the thing that he was going to do and make the most important thing. Now, often, we're human beings, right? We're, we're flawed, and we put ourselves and our own things and the things we want as being that thing that is most important. What I suggest is that we think about what should truly be important. The world needs 
to know God. The world needs to know God through Jesus. We need to be so consumed with the idea that we need to share the Lord, that these preferences of ours, these things that annoy us, these conflicts between us, not that we diminish them or say that they're, they don't go, they're not important, but they are much less important than this ultimate goal that we have to share the Lord. It's a lot, right? Chris said, simple but not easy. This is simple but not real easy. Let's think about that. I invite you all to think about this because we have an opportunity this year. If we can get this right, if we can focus on the Lord, if we can share the love of the Lord as our priority with other people, we have the chance to be God's hands and feet and to change the world. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for bringing us here today. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity of this year that stands in front of us. And Lord, whatever comes, I just pray that, Lord, you are here with us and that we go through it together, that we make you our priority, Lord, that we make our love for you and for each other something that shines out, that the world sees and recognizes and takes notice of, and that through your power that we change the world. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.